Hello, I'm Richard Hurley, the BMJ's Features and Debates Editor. Few can doubt that the NHS has its fair share of serious problems at the moment. Chronic underfunding, crisis in staff recruitment and retention, an ageing population needing more and different care for longer, and an infrastructure originated to treat short instances of disease rather than promote lifelong wellness. Our latest head-to-head asks, should we have a Royal Commission on the NHS? And I'm joined today by the authors. Maurice Saatchi is Conservative Member of the House of Lords and, and Paul Buchanan, the BMJ's Acting Patient Editor, are calling for a formal public inquiry at the, high, at the highest level, a Royal Commission. But Nigel Crisp, Independent Member of the House of Lords, think there's another way. Maurice, what is a Royal Commission? The, the purpose of Royal Commissions, which are um, a type of inquiry, or a, a type of review, which has fallen completely out of fashion. In I don't think there's been a Royal Commission for 20 years. Whereas in the last century and in the early part of the in the early part of the, the in the 20th century and certainly in the 19th century, Royal Commissions were held regularly, as in once every few months. And the purpose of them was to address, um, I think I'm quoting correctly, issues of great national importance in which the warfare between the political parties was an impediment to the national interest. And that seems to, to Paul and I to be a very good uh, description of what is now required. Why do you think this is the best way forward? Why is this your recommendation? We are both moved by an Aaron Bevan's original description of the NHS as um, something which would, I think I'm quoting again, relieve, relieve the people of financial distress at their time of need. And that, of course, became free at the point of use and the, the, the marvellous institution which we now have and which we're all very proud. He, Nybevan went on to say that the wonderful thing about the NHS from the point of view of um, the effect it would have was that we all remember that he said when a bedpan falls in Tredega in his constituency, the, the reverberations would echo around Whitehall. And what he meant by that was that when something goes wrong in his new NHS, the powers that be in Whitehall would have to pay attention. However, what that, what that phrase about the bedpan in Tredega has now turned into, in Paul and my view, is um, the, the current view of the NHS in politics, which is that the NHS is the third rail of politics, i.e. touch it and die. In other words, uh, it's, a sub, it's a subject which is um, best avoided on the grounds that it leads to such um, powerful disagreements often very emotional disagreements amongst the parties, the political parties, that it's very hard to make progress. So we believe that um, bringing forward something at a very high level, an unusually high level, um, which is a Royal Commission, which has, can only be created by the Prime Minister and which has, um, as Nigel was saying, quasi-judicial, serious judicial powers to subpoena witnesses, to hear evidence under oath, to for, for any false statement 
to a Royal Commission to be uh, regarded as perjury, punishable okay. by imprisonment. So you see, um, a Royal Commission is a very special, now very rare um, event in politics, and I think that's one of the reasons why Paul and I recommend it. Okay, thank you, Maurice. Nigel, the NHS surely is a matter of the greatest national importance, and you agree that health and care in our country need a, a major rethink, but why, is a, why, why not through a Royal Commission? Well, thank you very much. Let me pick up two or three points. Firstly, I absolutely agree we need a major rethink. Um, and when I say major rethink, I mean thinking way beyond what we're talking about now so that we understand that the NHS and government can't deal with all the health problems um, and that other people have a major part to play, including, may I say, employers and educators and architects and designers. We need to engage on a new way of thinking about health and about creating what I describe as a health-creating society. So I do think there is a fundamental rethink that's needed. So the question is how to do it. Well, the reason I don't think the Royal Commission is a good idea is because it's rather a clumsy and, if I may say so, old-fashioned way of trying to address a problem whereby you get a group of incredibly eminent, serious people together and you get other people to come and give them evidence and then they debate that and think about it and then they pronounce in due course. Um, I don't think the fact that it's got quasi-judicial powers um, and can subpoena people is um, important. In fact, I would have thought that any sort of review that went on like this, people would be keen to give um, evidence. And I don't think the problem is likely to be that people would lie to such a thing, but rather they may be mistaken in their views or to have differing views. So rather than that sort of process, which is top-down, and I say incredibly eminent people, uh, sorting this out for everybody else. I think the more modern process is the one that has been used in recent years in this country, indeed in 2000 when we made big improvements in the NHS, and in Portugal um, three or four years ago um, when the government of the day, or in, the, uh, in one case the government of the day, that was the NHS, and in Portugal um, a, um, uh, an independent body set out a brief overview of the sort of direction of travel and then brought together, uh, in both cases, about 40 to 80 uh, leaders across the whole field of healthcare to work on the issues, to debate together, to work out together what we need to do. And these were the leaders in their field, the people who were creating the future. So that you got the position with the NHS, for example, where um, after this was done, and it was done very quickly in about six months, um, the momentum, the goodwill, the, the support for the new arrangements lasted um, for the next two years and carried people through some really major changes, including the involvement of the private sector. Um, and equally in Portugal, uh, the process left champions who have made sure uh, that the plans developed during that period are continuing to be implemented. So my disagreement is not that there needs to be a major rethink. We can't go on as we are. Um, but that there are much better ways of doing so, which will engage people uh, in a much more bottom-up sort of process rather than a rather heavy-handed, lengthy, costly and top-down process.
Thank you, Nigel. And in those examples you give, uh, did they manage to, uh, you know, take healthcare out of out of politics? Did they manage to get made, you know, buy-in from from all parties, from all stakeholders? Uh, well, in, interesting. I mean, firstly, I think it's uh, naive to think one could get politics out of healthcare. Um, but in both those cases, I think what was interesting. Um, was that the Portuguese example, uh, the report that was produced, and this one was produced under the auspices of an independent organization, the Gulbenkian Society. Think of something like the Royal Society in our country, that sort of body. Um, uh, And it was produced under their auspices, and it got the support of four out of six political parties. Uh, It it was done during the period of a right-of-centre government, and it's now being implemented during the period of a left-of-centre government. Um, So if I were to choose, I would think that perhaps an independent body like the Royal Society or something like that, leading this sort of bottom-up process, um, would be quicker, more effective, and have a chance of um, being a bit outside politics, but nothing will ever be completely outside politics. What do you think? Maybe Paul could bring Paul in now. What do you think about that? Uh, why is, why would a royal commission be the best way of getting patients' voices uh, to inform the, the process of redesigning health and care for the future? As you know, our position on the yes side for a royal commission, from my perspective most particularly, is predicated around the need of delivering a service that is in line and capable, sustainably, of providing for the future health of our nation. And to my mind, that is wrapped around the needs of the patient, not the needs of the institutions, not the needs of the healthcare professionals, and certainly not the needs of the civil service. I believe that any commission or any inquiry that is brought together, predicated on the systemic failures of the past, will only lead to further systemic failures in the future. And using even a body like the Royal Society that is given a remit by the very politicians that are incapable today of providing the answers that our NHS needs for the future will limit by necessity its ability to come up with solutions that are fit for the patient. They will be solutions that will be fit for a budget, fit for the building, fit for the professional that works within it, but they won't have the scope or the scale to listen to the communities of people who need care and who, in our modern society, are putting ever-increasing burdens of need and care upon the NHS. So I believe a Royal Commission is the answer because of its capacity, scale and scope and its ability to take its time and duly consider the real needs for the long-term future and sustainable future of our NHS. Thanks. Thank you, Paul. What do you think about that, Nigel? Does Paul have a point? Um... Well, let, let me come back on two or three things there. Um, I mean, one is I don't think Royal Commissions have actually delivered in the past. The last Royal Commission on the NHS took three years to deliver and then was began impl- when it delivered to another government and began implementation four years later. And it, the main thing that was implemented was a change in the organisational structure, which has subsequently been changed back. I mean, I don't think it did uh, what you're suggesting a Royal Commission can do. Um, the second point I'd make is 
you, you made a big point, Paul, about failures of the past. Um, there's something about successes of the past here as well. And actually, if you want to go around, you will see some fantastic things happening in this country. And I think we should be building on these things from the past rather than, um, you know, assuming that some judge-led inquiry listening to evidence will come up with something that in, in a few years' time that will be useful to us. And I would also just make one point, which you may not accept, uh, which is that I think the general direction that NHS England is trying to take the country from being a hospital and illness-based service towards being a health and patient-centered service using modern technology is the right direction um, in general terms, um, but that it's far too slow. It's simply not supported enough. There isn't the money so you can double-run services. It needs to be accelerated. <coughs> it's wonderful to hear Nigel um, say that we are in agreement on the need for something rather dramatic. Absolutely. That's wonderful to hear from him because obviously I am um, full of respect for the fact that Nigel is a former chief executive of the NHS and former secretary at the Department of Health and therefore I, I hear everything he says with great respect. I, I, if I may explain a little bit of the background which led Paul and I to this view, the, the Centre for Policy Studies is the instigator of this, and it, this proposal and, which is now with the Prime Minister. And it arose because we arranged a series of um, lunches with the great figures in the medical profession. And there, what emerged from this series of, of gatherings was um, that there's no agreement either on whether there is a problem or whether there isn't a problem, or if there is a problem, what the problem is, or if there is a problem, what the solution might be. In other words, the starting point of this, from our point of view, is not that the NHS is good or bad. It's that there's no agreement about whether the NHS is doing well or badly. And then, as I said, that goes on to what might be the solution, to which there is also no agreement. So we have got to a, we have got to a point where the easiest solution for everybody is just to carry on, as they say, kicking the can down the road. So I suppose the, I suppose the summary, so far as um, Paul and I are concerned, is that we, we, all three of us on the line agree that uh, a rather more dramatic, rather more radical approach is required. And um, that's, what, that's what we would like to see happen. We'd like to see the fundamental questions addressed by this body. That's our point. Is that right, Paul? I absolutely agree. I think all three of us are, are, are coming from the point of view that we need to do something. Um, we as a country, we as a system need to do something and understand what are the, the, the crucial issues that are facing the NHS today and that, that we as a society can help change for our all our combined benefit for the future for the benefit of your for the benefit of your of your listeners if i was to be pressed personally to say what is the problem that you see so deeply the problem would not be the a and e waiting times or the cancer mortality rates compared to latvia or the waiting times for operations it wouldn't be any of those things 
What what I feel is is going down now in relation to free at the point of use, which is the fundamental, most fundamental principle, is that what I fear is the way that we're headed is that the citizens, the people, us, we will be told, well, it is free, um, but if you've got money, the doctor will see you now. If you haven't got money, um, you might have to wait. Now, to me, that is a total betrayal of the entire merit of this magnificent system that we've got. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Maurice. Nigel, do you want to come back to any of those points? Please. Firstly, I appreciate Maurice's comments, and uh, he and I are in very close agreement about the nature of the problem and his fear there uh, that we have... Um, that we end up with the NHS being a system for poor people and therefore for a poor system with others being able to opt out is absolutely what we do not want. And I totally agree with him. But my final point goes back in a way to the, to, to the beginning, is the NHS can't do this by itself. Um, actually, we do need other people. Um, we, uh, and government can't do it by itself. Um, and I think 1948 was a great coming together of all the health systems in order to provide health care. This Prime Minister, and I suggested it to the last, but this Prime Minister or any future Prime Minister ought to be the Prime Minister that bring all sectors of society together to actually look at how we can create a healthy population, not just provide them with health services, but how we can create a healthy population in an emulation of what happened in 1948. Thanks, Nigel. Well, here, here. For what it's worth, I, I agree totally with what Nigel's just said. So thank you very much to Paul Buchanan, Nigel Crisp and Maurice Searchy. So the debate's out on whether we should have a Royal Commission uh, for the NHS, but uh, there's a unanimous agreement that radical reform is needed. Watch this space. You can read the debate online, and as ever, we'd be delighted to know what you think. So please send us a rapid response. We republish the best as formal letters to the editor. And you can listen to other debates in our archive on SoundCloud or by subscribing to iTunes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>